listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. <sighs> Let's get some life into this bitch. All right. So we're, we did, we watched about six plays of the Monday night game tonight. We're not going to act like, oh, wow, Michigan State lost in overtime. Huh. Man, they told me how good that backcourt was, though. Fucking dumb fucks. Um, all right. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to have as much fun as we can. We're going to sit back and enjoy life, and we're going to play all the hits. This is the Educated Ignorance Podcast. This is the Monday Night Live show. Uh, what tonight will entail, probably we're just going to do the Elite Eight. Honestly, I don't have much. Um, I don't have much in the bag today. Uh, like I said, I, I stayed away from the Monday night game. Mostly I watched a few, few moments here or there, but it was one way traffic. The, the jets, I mean, just absolutely plastered by the incompetent defense that the chargers have. They gave up a bunch of sacks, uh, never really threatened much. Uh, so yeah, that is, you know. Not good. They had two fumble turnovers. I mean, three fumble turnovers in the game. Just a disaster. So, congrats to the Chargers. They're still alive. That makes that Lions game next week a little bit more interesting. The Jets, I think this was a must win for them and the fact that you have this team at home and you can kind of start getting into a spot where you can just keep kind of trading wins and losses. Maybe you can get to nine, nine and eight and hope you have a shot. Now at four and four, that's an extra game you got to catch up on. You're still third in the division. You play the, you do play the, you go to Vegas next Sunday night, which that's a chance to kind of get back on the horse, but who knows? That game's going to be an absolute disaster. I mean, Jesus Christ, we have to sit through that as a fucking country. I mean, call up call up your local eye gouger. That should be a doozy. And then they play the Bills and the Dolphins the weeks after that. So, you know, there's a chance that if you don't handle business against the Raiders, you're in trouble because you could fall to four and seven, you know, five, yeah, six, seven, and then all of a sudden you're pretty much out of it. Even and because the hope the the biggest hope for them was like get to a point where Rodgers comes back, you know, by some miracle. Um, but yeah, man, just not good enough anywhere for, uh, or, or, you know, not good enough at all from them here today. So yeah, congrats to the Chargers for getting it done. My first Monday night football loss this year. Second, I should say my second Monday night football loss this season. Uh, when it comes to the Sinister Six. Another four and two week, though. We will take that, and we will move right along after some bad, bad weeks. I think we went one and five one week. We're uh, 29 and 31 now. We're starting to claw back, so that's always good. Um, And, yeah, we'll see. Next week, hopefully, we can keep chipping away and continue to get that, uh, continue to up that record as we try to fight back to over 500 uh, and see if we can break 500 after we went literally 500 last season. Okay. Um, I'm done babbling. 
Uh, we'll we'll actually talk some business now. Uh, let's see here. Some comments. Gordon Rangel just tuning in, waiting for the Dobinator to be at eight. Oh, man, Jordan. We're about to find out if I break your heart. Um, listen, man, I wish I wish I could say yes, but the I will say this. I, I almost made the eight spot on the Elite Eight vacant tonight because I don't know who on earth deserves to be there, but it's, you know, someone's got to be. So let's dive into it. It is time for the Elite Eight. We're going to thank our friends at Yard Barbers. We got a quick little hitter here, so hang tight. Uh, this is the Elite Eight here, presented by our friends and yours at Yard Barbers. Hate mowing? Need your lawn or business landscaped? Having trouble with an unruly yard that your neighbors hate? Yard Barbers LLC is your hookup. Mowing, weeding, edging, trimming, aerating, fertilizing, haul away, they can do it all. And they aren't just good for your summertime yard blues. They work all year long, and you can get signed up for their winter services for that annoying snow and ice removal. Find Yard Barbers on Facebook at Yard Barbers LLC, send them an email at yardbarbersqc at gmail.com, or shoot them a text at 309 235 1595. All right, time to rock and roll. Jordan said he will wait, and my friend, I think we're going to figure out if, you know, some sadness happened here, but. All right, let's do some fun stuff. Let's do that. They are six and three. I had a uh, um. Hold on, hold on one second. Twenty. All right, we'll see if I can do this dance throughout the entire show. All right, here we go. Elite Eight time. Jordan, I'm sorry they didn't make the cut. They'd probably be. I had them fourteenth. The, the Vikings, he's a Vikings fan. Jordan just rage quit and shut off the show. Um, I had the Vikings 14th last week. They definitely jumped the Jets. They probably jumped the Bills. So they're like 12, maybe even the Seahawks. So they're like on the outside looking in. They're, they're them, Miami, Seattle, Cleveland. They're kind of fighting just outside the room. Um, but the Niners fall in at eight off the bye. This is a week. This is a big time week for them. You know, going to Jacksonville against a good team, it's almost a must win just to feel like they've rallied and recovered. Listen, I know that it's easy to say if they had any field goal kicking, they'd only be on a two game losing streak. Well, you know, Moody missed the kick. So tough shit. Um, at the end of the day, they have lost three straight. And Jordan's, oh, Jordan, you made my day. Thank you, my friend. You're the man. He said, "We're all, I'm awesome. He said that, and I didn't say hi to him in an Applebee's. He really does like me. Top 15. Yeah, easily top 15. I don't know who they got next week. Uh, the Saints. They beat the Saints, man, maybe. That'd be five out of, six out of seven, five in a row. I mean, we might have to if they beat the Saints. Um, but, yeah, the Niners, this is a spot coming up for them this week where it's like they are really in need of – just looking better, but they're playing the Jags who are really good. So uh, I'm interested to see exactly how the um, how they look in Jacksonville off these losses. They've lost three straight. Was the bye week a good chance for them to kind of reset? Because uh, they're going to need to. Some things moving forward. I think 
Brock Purdy has played well in spurts, but he also continues to make these bad. Like the, the last couple of weeks have been the detriment of when he does make, you know, push the limit like he it does. He it forces it too much and ends up turning the ball over. That has been his detriment here over the last few weeks. So uh, over the last few games and especially against Cincinnati where those two mistakes that he made were the difference. But the Niners, by process of elimination, they fall in at eight. Number seven, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, how on earth do you have the Cowboys at seven when the Cowboys lost to the Niners by a thousand? And I say, I understand. But, you know, I look at body of work sometimes. I'm not the college football playoff committee. Get off me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just feel like I've seen more from Dallas. They have a Niners problem. They don't have a beating anybody else problem. Do I expect them to win these big? It'd be nice. Listen, they kind of are the Dolphins in the sense of like, it'd be nice to see them win these big games. It'd be nice to see them win one. Um, I would probably favor them when the Eagles come to town. They were right there. They probably deserve to beat Philadelphia. They played better. They were, they, you know, I, I, but that means nothing at the end of the day. And, you know, they got it done or the Eagles got it done and they didn't, uh, moving forward. What do they have? What do they, what do they have coming forward? I want to take a look at these. Oh, they got the Giants this week. Um, that game might be, I mean, the line's like minus seven. It's going to, you know, the line's like already tw- almost 17 points. So that in itself is hilarious. I'm going to be interested to see exactly how the, how they just kind of handle that game. I want to see them compo- impose their will, get it over fast. Uh, there are some things that I have really liked the last few weeks with Dallas to make me not really worry at all about certain stuff and how they, you know, against who they play. They have done stuff offensively that has been really, in- really fun. They have done more th- interesting stuff with CD Lamb. They're getting the ball to Jake Ferguson more, their tight end. Also, Dak Prescott has been playing really well in and out of structure. Uh, and yesterday he was sensational. It's why I really wanted them to win because I thought Dak was fantastic yesterday. But they just came up short. They were literally inches short. If they get that two point conversion, um, they're able to make it. In, they, they're able to take it to overtime. And then who knows? The Eagles kind of started to melt in that fourth quarter, and Dallas was putting it to them. They just came up short here in a couple inches here or there, but. I am very impressed with what Dallas has been doing here as of late. Uh, so that is good because there was a, there were points where I was at, at a spot where it wasn't going to be no matter what. It was going to be kind of no matter what they do. I wasn't going to – I was going to not, you know, believe it. I was going to just, uh, you know, th- there was going to be things that no matter what they did uh, – I was just not going to take it seriously until they proved it otherwise. But this was uh, a very impressive performance, and I thought Dak, again, was sensational. All right, the Jags at number six. Big opportunity for them on Sunday against San Francisco. This is a chance for them. Like, if they win against the Niners, 
then we maybe have to start having some conversations just because, listen, I know I'm selling Niners stock left and right to a degree, but I still think the Niners are right there when it comes to the teams in the NFC who I trust to be good. Um, They're still right there in a lot of different categories. But if the Jag and if the Jags can win this game and look anywhere like the Bengals did, then, man, we're going to have to really start kind of we're going to maybe have to start fidgeting some narratives on what this team's ceiling can be. I feel like this is one that they might. I don't know. We'll see. I have a I'm interested. to. I might just stay away from this game from a gambling and a predictions perspective on Sunday because I'm going to be more intrigued to see exactly what it looks like. This is an opportunity for them where to get a marquee win like this that they've kind of been searching for. I think really when you look at it, their biggest wins were last year. Those games against Dallas and Baltimore, the crazy comebacks. And both of them were fantastic and Trevor played great. If they can have any type of success like that, Trevor can have another huge game then yeah, I think we're going to really have to start changing how we feel about this Jags team. Things that I like uh, about the Jags. I am loving what they're doing running the football. I think they've been committed to it. I think that there's a there's a thing. Th- this offense has been, I don't know about underwhelming, but they have just not gotten everything that you would have want that you would want out of them as a whole, but ETN has been really, really good. I think the offense has at times been kind of just stepping in the right direction and coming together. That Saints win that, I mean, this is a stretch to where the one game in 21 days, which was desperately needed for them. They had the, they had the Thursday night game. Then they had the, uh, the game uh, a week ago. Then they play the, the Steelers uh, and then they have this bye week. So, they this was a stretch where they went they've won five in a row they have in that stretch they had the two games in london that they won and they came back beat the colts went to new orleans on a short week where trevor was hurt and won then the win in pittsburgh which was very impressive because they kind of controlled that game from start to finish even though there were moments where the steelers tried to pull out their black magic card that was an impressive ass win for jacksonville and if they can get it done on Sunday against San Francisco, then yeah, we have to really sit down. And, and another, the thing that's been the most impressive is this defense. Now the defense has had their moments where they are. Holy shit. Sam how second in the league in passing. That's something the, the defense has had its moments where they have lived off turnovers. And that is something that worries me from a perspective of, turnovers are more of a luck thing you know it's not sustainable but they are very good against the run their middle of their defense is really good they have good deed line they have a good good d-line play i wish they would have went out and got another one they bolstered their offensive line at the, at the deadline but they didn't do much on the d-line they have really good linebackers and their safeties are great andre cisco should be coming back from uh injury this time off has been good for him and they have their corners have been they have been really solid on defense. And everyone coming into the season thought that that was going to be their biggest weakness. They have had dudes that are young step up in a huge way. And that's the thing I like so much about the Jags. I know we all thought that this was going to be this crazy ass high powered offense. It's shown at times that it can make some things happen. 
but that this has been a defensive and run game led team. And Trevor Lawrence has done enough where he's been really good in spots to, to push this forward. I love everything the Jags are doing and they come in at six. Number five, the Detroit lions. I mean, right now the lions, you know, it's, it's a tough spot for them to be in because they are coming off the the game against the Ravens where they got sent to the nether region. Then they had the not the Monday night game where they should have won by a billion, but they only won by 12. Uh, you know, this is a great spot for them to, to get back on the horse. I still think this team, if I had to bet, just because of who the Eagles play over the next month and change. I think the Lions still have a really good shot to get the one seed, like I predicted at the beginning of the year. Um, that Lions-Jags one seed, baby. Who that? Uh, if we can nail at least one of those, that would be great. Uh, I believe that right now, uh, I, I, I think that the, the Lions are in a pretty good spot. They come off this bye week. They get look. They go to the Chargers and they get the Redacteds and the Packers both at home. So you get those three games right there. You're nine and two and you're sitting great. So I think this is a spot right now for them where they can kind of get right back on track and get rolling. They do have to play the Vikings and the Cowboys uh, in the last three weeks. They go at to Minnesota, to Dallas. Uh, then Minnesota comes to them. So that'll be a crazy ass three game stretch. Um, so the Lions here, they definitely have the road for them to get to the one seed. And I think that uh, it's it's on the board. I think people, you know, I, I feel like people have come around a, a long ways on the Lions this season. Um, I, I feel like I've led that brigade with how impressed I was coming into the year with them. All of the stuff that they did in the draft and the offseason to bolster their roster. Hopefully they can get David Montgomery back. That would help the run game because Gibbs is. I love what they've been doing with Gibbs and Gibbs had a breakout game against the Raiders, but they, he doesn't have the juice where I don't think he's a guy that you would want to give 26 carries to 25 carries. Now, granted he had 152 yards against the Raiders. He was awesome. I would love for him to get 18 touches, but it'd be mixed up. You get him on the edge, you get him in space uh, without Montgomery. You have to kind of pick and choose how you use him. But it was nice to see them just turn and hand the ball off to Gibbs a lot, and he was able to make stuff happen. So we'll see what exactly they do uh, coming off the bye week. I've loved a lot of what they've done all season long. Uh, de defensively, they have edge rushers. Their D-line has been sensational. I'm a huge fan of just oh, pretty much everything the Lions have done this year. Listen, they got dog-walked by the Ravens, which seems like a thing that every uh, happens to – Everybody, if I maybe if the Eagles went into Baltimore tomorrow, then they would get beat by 30 as well. I doubt that, but you know, it's definitely on the board. Um, I just feel like right now what the Lions are doing, very sustainable. They're gonna be a bitch to get out in the postseason, especially. And what the thing that is I, I love most about them is whatever they do is gonna travel, even if they have to go to a San Francisco, to a Philadelphia. I feel good about whatever wherever they have to go. If they can't get the one seed, even though, again, I do believe the one seed is absolutely on the board for them. Okay. When, okay, let's see. Do, 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 do. 
All right. Number th- four. This, okay. So Sunday night during the live show last night, we kind of deemed this as Separation Sunday. And I believe that that's exactly the case. I feel like Sunday was the day where the league kind of separated itself. I think you have the Lions and the Jags kind of in their own tier as the best of the rest. The Cowboys are right behind them. You could even put the Cowboys in there if you want to. I wouldn't. I'd probably put the Cowboys and the Niners in the same tier below them, uh, probably with a couple other teams, you know, wrapped up into that pile, like the Seahawks, maybe the Browns, etc. But I think these four teams that I'm about to say have separated themselves from the pack. We saw literally eight of the best 10 teams, 11 teams on Sunday play against each other. And the, the four teams that won just kind of separated themselves. Hence the words separation Sunday. I was very impressed with what all of these teams did um, on the gridiron yesterday. And it starts with the Cincinnati Bengals. I was, listen, I've been waiting for them to figure it out. They had those couple games. They'd still look, you know, there were moments where I was like, all right, they look better. Um, but how good is it? And then they hit the bye week at three and three and they play. Listen. Okay. So the Cardinals game, Joe looked good. He was moving better and they won. They hit some deep shots as well. They, you know, that's a, that was a step. Then they played the Seahawks, the defense balled. The offense looked good in the first half. And then they kind of tailed off in the second half, but they ended up winning because their defense was just fantastic in the later stages of that game. Then after that, they have the bye and they've come back and been, they've, they've, if it wasn't for Baltimore, they've been the best team in the league over the last two weeks. The win in San Francisco, the way they did it, the way the offense looked, I mean, goodness gracious, it's been, it was phenomenal. And then yesterday, they just beat, they just kept the Bills at arm's length all game long, you know? Uh, after they got up 14 to 7, it never felt like, it never felt like the Bills, in my opinion, were ever going to come back. Say what you will, call me nuts. I mean, listen, I'm a dumbass a lot of times. Just ask my girlfriend, but I felt like the entire second half, the, pretty much after the first quarter, because that mix and touchdown to go up 14-7 was at the end of the first. Um, from there onwards, I thought their their offense, you know, the only times they got stopped were when they kind of did. They had a mini implosion at one point after the Josh Allen pick. The uh, they missed, I think, on a fourth down. Uh, or no, they didn't go for it on a fourth down, which I was pissed. Uh, but yeah, they just kind of stopped themselves and the defense, man, listen, all these smart folks told me their defense sucked, but you know, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson out here making plays. Listen, they don't have super duper stars. They have all pro level guys and Trey Henriksen, Chidobe Awuzier is a high level corner. I would put Sam Hubbard and, uh, um, DJ Reader, high level D lineman, BJ Hill as well. And that's kind of the 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 mark for them on the defensive side is that front four, Hubbard, Hendrickson, Hill, and Reader. And that's been the the staple for them 
Look at how good their front seven played in the run to the Super Bowl. Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt was teach tape for how to start stop run, opposing running games. Hendrickson had huge stacks against Kansas City, huge plays uh, in that game in the AFC title game. I think DJ, uh, I believe it was Reader or I think or it might have been BJ Hill who had an interception uh, against Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. Like they were amazing. Then last year, look at the moments their front seven had again. Like. Wilson and Pratt are the best. When I watch these games, Wilson and Pratt, in my opinion, are the best. Well, one of the three to five best linebacker duos in the league. And it's not, listen, they're different than most because you look at probably the best, I think easily the best, is Drake Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner. From San Francisco, Warner is just—he is able to do everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, and Dre Greenlaw, because of that, is able to go full-on psycho killer. He's a crazy person. So they just have this reckless, insane style that they play with. Wilson and Pratt aren't going to wow you with their physicality, but they are so good, so technically sound, and they make the right plays. Pratt with the forced fumble. They'll get in. They got Pratt and Wilson had the two interceptions on the in the game against the Niners. So like those guys make big plays. Hendrickson had Hendrickson had uh, a sack. B.J. Hill had a sack. So uh, in the game on Sunday, or, or excuse me, B.J. Hill had a sack on Sunday. The D line steps up and make plays. Their DBs make plays. Like Cam Taylor Britt has come into his own. Shinobia Wuzier is healthy after getting injured last season. Their defense is really good. And Lou Anarumo might be the best defensive coordinator in the league. Um, the ability, the way that he's able to adjust and get schematically to just make your offense have fits, they are able to find weaknesses and poke and prod at them. It's really impressive. I love everything the Bengals have done lately. And listen, I understand the the, the schedule is not does not get easier. They get the Texans who are playing their asses off right now. And CJ Stroud is balling, but they get them at home on Sunday. Then they go to Baltimore. We talked about maybe the best bookended, maybe the best Thursday, Monday night combination in league history, the Thursday night game between the Ravens and the Bengals on November 16th. And then the week after (laughs) is the Chiefs Eagles. I mean, good googly fucking moogly. Those two games are going to be worthy um and then after that they get the Steelers at home then they got to go to Jacksonville so like the schedule does not get easier but I have trust in this team I have faith in this team belief that whatever and whatever they do I know they're going to make things happen I understand that if the season ended today at least they'd be in they would be the seventh seed but um Listen, man, I just have faith that this team is going to they're going to be there and they have been there. They've won four in a row. Everything is looking up for the defending two time AFC North champs and uh, back to back AFC championship game participants, Cincinnati Bengals. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, People are going to continue to sit here and say all the things of. Well, this didn't look good and this didn't look good. All that, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't really care. I'm just it's. Just show me victories. 
that's where I'm at when it comes to this game, this, you know, these moments. Jalen Hurts was sensational yesterday. Luckily, also, too, that he didn't get injured. He he had a moment where it looks like looked like he was about to get bent up in a nasty way. But I mean, he is just a freak of nature and was able to kind of get out of that unscathed, which I still have no idea how he did so. Uh, listen, they're eight and one. Their toughest games are ahead of them. This is where you, you want to see them improve. They looked really good in the middle portion of that game against Dallas. And then in the fourth quarter, they had some moments that were very questionable. Like they had a third and three on their second to last drive, and they just ran a slot go ball with A.J. Brown, which I get, but Jalen threw a never-in-history ball. Like there was no chance I was ever getting completed. Then the drive after, they had a chance to put it away uh, up five, and you know they almost fumbled it, and the defense had a mini implosion before they finally got the stop. Their D-line came up large there at the end. So, listen, the Eagles are fine. Everyone's going to nitpick them. And, you're again, they're going to be 12-2. and two. I made the joke with Nick, like, last week. They're going to be in the NFC title game after a 13 or 14 win season. And people are going to be like, well, man, this team, I just, they just, they, they're not as good as last year. And it's going to be like, who gives a shit? They're back in the NFC title game, you know, like, I don't get it, man. This team, you know, people are just really stupid when it comes to their football opinions. But the people that watch this, watch and listen to this show or not, that is for sure. I love all of you crazy assholes. Uh, But uh, we're here to make fun of those dum-dums. That is is what we're here to do. Um, So, yeah, the Eagles at two. I'm very, very... Uh, or the Eagles at three, excuse me. I'm very optimistic on where this team will be. Uh, I cannot wait for that Chiefs game. Would they be number one if the if they beat the Chiefs? Oh, damn man, just think if the, that two weeks from now, man, that is that Thursday Monday combo. Good lord, I'll tell you this: after that Ravens Bengals game, there will be a live video. There will be a live show. After that game, I have to talk to Nicole about that one, honey. We are going to have our we're going to have moments. We're going to have some stuff go on on the 16th. Um, There's some important stuff happening. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, man, like I can't wait. They're on their bye week coming up and we they come out of it and they go to Kansas City. Bills at home. Niners at home to Dallas to Seattle. Then they end with, you know. As Colin Coward would say, roast beef tech and Panera bread, which is always funny to me. I'm a big, I always pop when he makes those jokes about soft college football schedules. They end with the Giants, Cardinals, and the Giants. So that will be a combined score of like 96 to 7. Uh, and, the, you know, it'll be a field goal, a field goal, and a safety they give up in each game. It won't just be a touchdown and two shutouts because the NFL is hilarious. Um, but yeah, their next th- three. This was a three, six game stretch where it was like, we're going to find out what the Eagles are. They have passed the first test. So we will see that Chiefs game, man, two weeks from tonight. And reminder, that will be a Monday night show with me and Nick. Sunday night, who knows? Sunday night slate's kind of meh. Might be a uh, early Thanksgiving shopping session. Might go Christmas shopping that day. So who knows? But I can guarantee you that Monday night, November 20th, Nick and I, Brinksy, will be live to talk that game. We are going to, I mean, cannot wait. I will be decimated if that game does not live up to the hype. Spoiler alert, it will probably. 
That'll be a doozy. All right, number two. It is the team they're going to play in two weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're on their bye week next week as well. Listen, they're the same thing. Everyone's going to continue to nitpick. Oh, they don't do this. Oh, they don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. The offense in this. Listen, my reasoning for picking the, the Bengals to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and it's why if I had to put hard-earned dollars that I make on a daily basis on who I think will win the Lombardi Trophy, they would be the third pick out of the AFC for me right now. I still have faith in the Bengals when it gets to the end of the year. I would also pick the Ravens over them. Spoiler alert of who's going to be number one. But, um, I, you know, I can't sit here and act like they're not going to win. the. They can't win the championship. I have their my doubts because I feel like when it comes down to it, the lack of explosiveness is going to hurt them. And their lack of being able to run the ball is going to hurt them. But I also acknowledge that they have the greatest football player that's ever lived, and maybe they can just kind of wiggle themselves out of danger. Um, I'm expecting them to be there at the end in some way, shape, or form. I feel like they're either going to be at Baltimore or Cincinnati, or the Arrowhead Invitational will continue, and they will be hosting the Ravens or the Bengals, or maybe the Jags. Who knows? I mean, depends on how it shapes out, really, with those four teams it'll be that'll be your one two three and five seeds if I had to imagine unless the Dolphins can have a gaudy record um, which is possible which is very possible but listen the Chiefs defense is the story yesterday even though I think the Dolphins just played really really bad I do think the offense for the or the defense for those Chiefs did have a lot to do with it. They have been at an insanely high level this season because of the, um, uh, you know, they've been at an insanely high level because of the, the style in which they play, the blitzing, how they play with that way, the blitzing, the organized chaos that spags, you know, kind of works with that defense um hey shout out to my boy rico got engaged today i'm looking on facebook i was looking for something and i scrolled through that love to see it uh <laughs> but um listen with what the chiefs defense does with spagnola they get you into these third and long situations and then all of a sudden they you they put eight guys at the line of scrimmage you have no idea who's coming from where and they absolutely Dick, trick them, dick them, the Dolphins, you know, defensively uh, in that situation. Multiple times, they got multiple sacks because of it. I mean, they made two a pisses pants. He fumbled the last snap of the game. Um, Trent McDuffie is a superstar. Listen, I understand, DJ. I'm obligated to say this. You know, send me $40, a couple Whitey's gift cards or something. The pick, the pick they got from Tyree Kill, they drafted Ty Trent McDuffie with. I understand. Um, I think that trade has evened out, um, uh, in my opinion, uh, at least from a player perspective. But um, listen, McDuffie is an amazing player. He's becoming he has become one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, Sneed has made an immense amount of strides. And this has been a defense that was a liability full of guys I never really believed in. To where this year they have just taken a massive step forward. And Chris Jones obviously is their best guy, but he hasn't really had to be the super duper star for them. They're 
I mean, they're able to get pressure um, up front. Maybe that would be, if I had to pick one thing that maybe defensively I would worry about is can they get pressure with four if they have to, like if they play a Baltimore or a Cincinnati or a Jacksonville, can they get pressure with only four? I, I mean, I'm not going to say they can't because they have a guy in Chris Jones, but um, it's also the ability of what their defense is, is they're, they're able to really just, you know, pick these spots where they can send these erotic, you know, erotic, uh, you know, shout out to the, the, the pH drum, uh, exotic blitzes, um, Joe exotic, uh, where's my tiger King, Jordan Travis, uh, listen, I'm going off the rails right now. Listen, the chiefs defense is fantastic. The offense, I'm not worried about it to a degree. The thing that bugged, like the, it's a problem, but they still, they have enough juice to where they can manage. Um, they lost the Broncos game because they had a billion turnovers. I think that was also, and it, things we didn't talk about with that Broncos loss, that was kind of an NFL karma. They fucked around the entire game against Denver. They were running annexation of Puerto Rico. They were running the fucking Philly. They were running the Philly Dilly special, the Dilly Dilly special, the, the, you know, they were, you know, the running the four for four combo, the two for two for two. What are you going to do? They were running all of that against the Broncos. Um, and, and on Thursday night, a couple weeks ago, and they still won by 11. The, the game against the Broncos in Denver was kind of an NFL karma of, listen, when you take a, a divisional game so unseriously, you are going to have the worst performance you've ever had as a team under this regime. So, listen, credit the Dolphins' defense for what they were able to do against Kansas City with their pressure up front. I do think that can be replicated by some other teams. Uh but as long as they have Mahomes, I'm not going to be like, I'm never going to feel like they don't have a shot. So that's where I'm at with the Chiefs. I would not pick them to win the AFC over a couple of teams, uh, over the Bengals or the team we're about to talk about. But because they have 15, I'm never going to feel like they can't. That's where I'm at. Number one. How about the Ravens, man? Holy shit. 75 to 9 over the Niners and or excuse me the Lions and the rate the Seahawks over the through last few weeks they just have this ability man to uh you know just to put it on you and I'm and and they've had this ability to just do so many different a defensive coordinator that we have not talked about and that has been very good is Mike McDonald, uh, you know, with the Ravens. And they're kind of like the Bengals when it comes to they don't have a lot of super duper stars on their defense. They kind of have a, a, a four. They do have, unlike the, now you could, I, I, I would say it's hard to, ha there's not many force multipliers at the, defensive tackle position, but DJ Reader would be one of them. 
Uh, but the Ra- the Ravens have a force multiplier at middle linebacker, and that is Roquan Smith. He is able to kind of do anything and everything that they want them to do. But with all of the different guys that they have, they can do so many different types of things with coverage combinations and disguises and different types of blitzes. Uh, Geno Stone had an interception. He was really good at sa- uh, for them at safety. Um, Kyle Van Noy all of a sudden again, resurrecting from the dead. Justin uh, Metabuke playing well for them. Patrick Queen, they've done a great job of understanding what they have in Roquan is this insane player in space at linebacker. And Patrick Queen, he is lost in space, but what he is really good at is just going downhill and causing mass chaos. And they do a great job of letting him do that. Their defensive secondary has been really good. I I have just been so impressed with everything that they have done defensively over these couple games because they have really made it tough. And people were, again, kind of like the Bengals, like, but at the beginning of the year, people were like, oh, this Baltimore defense is going to take a step back. Why? Why would they take a step back? They were the best defense in the league last year. They've been the best defense in the league this season. So the, oh, the second, Cleveland. I still think Cleveland has the best defense in the league. And then Baltimore and Kansas City, probably two and three. Offensively, I mean, listen, it wasn't as it, it wasn't the Lamar. The easy answer is to just be like, look at Lamar as a passer and whatnot. Um, and I know my guy Nick said that last night, so I'm not bagging on him. It's just kind of the easiest thing to do. But when you watch what they're doing and kind of understand, they have they're able to just have a full repertoire of pitches. It's, imagine a a high level ace, and he takes the mound, and he's just got multiple out pitches. He can paint the corner with a fastball. He can throw a changeup. He can get you with a breaking ball in the dirt. He can put it front door, back door, hit uh, hit the corners. Um. He can change eye levels. He can change speeds. The Ravens can do that. They can hit you with a vertical passing game. Lamar has implemented the ability to finally hit the intermediates and hit the checkdowns this season. And then they also have the ability to just pulverize you when they want. They can get out their lunchbox. They can get out their they can get out their cheese sandwich, and they can absolutely put you into the dirt and just bury you into the depths of the nether region because they can run you over. They had 298 yards on 41 carries yesterday running the football 7.3 yards per pop and listen who uh, what this means I don't know but Keaton Mitchell I mean is that a thing if it, if so if Keaton Mitchell is their version of Devon HN I mean watch out because that dude is a burner nine carries 138 yards on Sunday holy hot dogs um you know that could be a big thing for for them for the Ravens listen the one worry I have uh, with them is that we have been here the last two seasons. They were eight and three two years ago, and then Lamar got banged up. And last year we were in this exact same spot uh, or close to it, and then Lamar got dinged up again. I will say, if eight stays healthy, I think he'll win MVP, and I think this team is legitimately the the toughest. They are the toughest matchup in the NFL because of what Lamar brings to the table. And if so, you know, I would if they got to the playoffs as the top seed or a top two seed, I think they would have to be. They would obviously be one of the favorites, but you could even say the favorite, because I think because their style of game travels, I think they are just 
they're the toughest matchup for anybody in the league. I feel like on a daily, on a down to down basis, they are the toughest matchup because of how many different ways they can just absolutely paste you with their offense. Um, I think Cincinnati is up there as well because of the amount of just, just how efficient they are. But Baltimore and Philadelphia, probably the two toughest teams to just kind of really go at on a down to down basis against those offenses. And I, I listen, I've loved everything that these couple teams, these teams have done. And uh, the Ravens are number one, as they should be, I think. I think that is kind of a league consensus right now. Um, I wanted to take a look before we got out of here how my win totals are doing. Okay. Bills under, looking good. Dolphins over, looking good. Patriots under, looking great. Shout out to Nick Pearson, who said the Patriots would have the worst record in the AFC, by the way. Um, that is absolutely on the board. They might have the number one pick. Jets over, probably cooked. Bengals over, still possible. Ravens over, definitely possible. Steelers over. They can get to nine wins. And the Browns over, 10 wins. I might have absolutely nailed the AFC North. But we'll see. Jags over, I have them winning the the one seed. Titans over, ugly. Texans under, I'm a dumbass. Colts under. Going to be tight. Chiefs over. I mean, what were we doing? Chargers over. I'm an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. And I even said to myself they weren't going to make the playoffs. Raiders under. I'm a genius. Though, the new coach syndrome. They're, I mean, they only have to hit three more. Broncos under eight and a half. I think we'll come home. Eagles over. I mean, that was locked. Cowboys over. Should be good. Ten wins. Cowboys don't get ten wins. We'd all be stunned. Giants under. I'm a genius. Commanders over six and a half. Looking like it's on the board. Vikings over eight and a half. Still alive. Shout out to the Dobinator. Um, the, the pastronaut, as some would call him. Lions over division one seed, nine and a half. Yeah, I'm a genius. Um, I mean, that was a layup, at least for the over. Unless, you know, the entire team gets kidnapped tomorrow. Packers under seven and a half. I'm so smart. I can't believe all of us agreed on the uh, under for them. Just a great job by all of us. The majority of us, anyway. Uh, Redacted over. Not going to talk about it. I'm stupid for thinking that was a possibility. Bucks under six and a half. Probably not going to hit. Probably. I mean, three and five, they have lost. Or three and six now, they've lost five straight. Could happen, but I doubt it. Panthers under seven and a half. A doozy. Saints under nine and a half on the board. Falcons over eight and a half. Going to be tough. Seahawks. Niners over ten and a half. Going to be a battle. Seahawks over eight and a half. That'll cash. Rams under six and a half looked bad, but very well. Possibly. I think I'm going to hit that. And I had the Cardinals worst record, which they are right now and under four and a half. So we're we're looking really good for our season predictions, but we know we can't get a bet right to save our life. Except the last two weeks, eight and four. Um, 
Water finds its level, right? Okay. Somehow I got through 50, eight, 50 minutes of this. Um, we appreciate you guys more than you know. Thank you for those who commented and hung out with us. This has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast. If you ain't got your game, you best pass the six. We will see you guys on Sunday night for the Sunday Night Live show. As always, I'm Joe Winkle. Thank you all for uh, hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Take care. We are out. Peace.